Hello, everyone, and welcome back to week number 11 of It's Not the Worst Movie Ever podcast. I'm Sterling Hammer, and my co-host, Lee Paddock, we join you this week. Um, the date is 8-30-2020. Another week 2020 survived. <laughs> yeah. Um, once again, spoiler alert, the beginning of the podcast, but get over it by now. Um, (laughs) this week, as we said last week, we watched The Bodyguard, a movie by me. Uh, picked by you, yeah, picked by me, yeah. It wasn't, you didn't didn't direct it, no, but maybe. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, yeah, this movie was picked by me, and it's one of my favorite romance books. It's a class. This is a movie that I watched. Not because it was my choice as a child, but because mm. my mom watched it. It was one of those movies oh, that yeah. she would. It was. It was one of her go tos when we would go to uh, like Hollywood or Blockbuster, Hollywood Video, yeah. And you know, like she, she would get a movie, I would get a movie, and this was one of her go tos. It's a not always, mom but I've movie. seen it a couple times. Yeah. Well, well, you got to appreciate it. <laughs> I did actually, but yeah. Well, I mean, there's probably a lot yeah. of nostalgia for this movie for me. Not in not even just the movie, but. The feelings from watching it. It's close to your heart. Yeah, and I mean, and you didn't hate it. I didn't. Out of a romance movie? This is, yeah, this is probably the, not to, you know, give too much away, I guess, in the beginning, but I guess this is probably like the movie that, uh, of all the movies you've picked, this is probably the one I've liked the most. Yeah, and I think like audiences would agree with you. (laughs) <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get into that. Yep. Well, everyone, well, before we do that, let me give you a little synopsis of this movie because probably most of you have never heard of this movie. And by most mm-hmm. of you, the three people that don't aren't listening to this. But <laughs> yeah. people in the future, if you are listening to this somehow and this is popular, no one's <laughs> heard of this movie. Um, in 70 years. For, yeah. But it's, it's it was a surprisingly huge hit in 92. We'll get mm. more into that. Let me. So, sorry, guys. <laughs> Time to go into the plot. Let's give you the synopsis of this. In her spectacular film debut, Whitney Houston plays Rachel Marin, a music slash movie superstar at her peak. Fans want to see her, hear her, touch her, but one wants to kill her, and that's where mm-hmm. security expert Frank Farmer, Kevin Kushner, comes in. Comes in. Farmer is a professional who never lets his guard down. Rachel has always been in control of her glamorous life. Each expects to be in charge. What they don't expect is to fall in love. Written by Lawrence Kasdan and directed by Mick Jackson, The Bodyguard has it all. Suspense, thrills, romance, peril, passion, and the shining brilliance of two great stars. It's a very 90s synopsis and a very 90s movie. Oh, yes. Most definitely. (laughs) A sexy romance, intense and intimate, intimate, and it's also like kind of a violent action movie at points. Occasional, well, because he's the bodyguard. It's the bodyguard. Never yes. let her out of your sight. Never let your guard down. Never I fall, fall in love. love. <laughs> but yeah, that's what this kind of movie is, and this is what kind of movies I watch. <laughs> As you've gotten from this point on the podcast, I would hope. Uh, <laughs> this one didn't bother me as much as some of the the other films you've picked. No, because, like, y- you kept commenting on it. Like, this had, like, 
Because the director, Mick Jackson, is like this old British director who does like, from when I was looking at his filmography, he did a lot of documentaries. Like he had Mm -hmm. something that you would pick up on because you actually notice those things since you've taken classes in film. Right. You're an actor and stuff. You notice like, oh, when, oh, the, 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 the meaning behind like putting blood on the, the card or whatever. Right. Yeah. Uh, the steam flashing Kevin Costner's face. I was just thinking like, oh, or he's just when walking Whitney, through a kitchen. when Whitney Houston uh, takes his sword out. Yeah, <laughs> that one's more obvious. But like, you anybody out, like small ones like the steam, like, oh, he's blown out. I didn't even think about that. Like as a fan, I'm just watching and it looks like he's walking through a kitchen and he's angry. Yeah. I mean, it's it's, you know, one of those things like, you know, if you're yeah, you either pick on you pick up on it or you don't. Yeah, I think but this, it added something to the scene, you know. Yeah, like I think even though this is a romance movie, For this me, director took it serious. He did. As you should. Yeah, and it, I mean a little uh some background on this movie because um because sorry everyone. He's going through his notes. This time it's him who has all the extensive notes. I actually didn't take any notes for this one. I know, surprisingly. I wanted to I wanted to like when it comes to your movies, I want to like concentrate a little bit more um since it's the first time I'm watching them. Yeah, yeah, I I was thinking that because yeah, I even pointed out at one podcast like at some yeah. point, it seems like you're looking at like a research like project, homework. and I was, you know, and what? you're not enjoying the movie, even though like it's gonna be hard enough for you to enjoy this movie. So I want you to actually try to try it, to try to at least you know pay attention and you know, you know, just sort of like think about the things that like bother me, so we can just kind of get like a fresh perspective. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, in my movies, I mean, I'm not saying they'll always not have like a message or be more serious, but like, yeah, most likely, no. And no. if it does have a message, it's gonna be kind of an obvious one. Def- <laughs> like, definitely, be good yeah. to people. <laughs> like, just oh, you shouldn't hit your wife. Boopity boop boop boop. But um, sorry about that. The reason I. Got delayed. I accidentally deleted my podcast folder, which I've done a couple times now. You fool. I have to like refind it, and it's always a panic <laughs> in the middle of the podcast. But uh, yeah, so the background on this, the bodyguard, the box office, like the that's that it surprised me when I was doing my research on this. I didn't think it was an expensive movie, but I didn't no. think that it was only cost twenty five million and made a, a box office of four hundred and eleven million. Which in 1992, which when this movie was released in November 25th, hit. 1992, was like that was a huge hit. Yeah, it would like when you think about it, it, so many people would have gone for Christmas. It would have been a perfect Christmas date movie, perfect movie to even go see maybe with the family mm-hmm. if you're just like go to the theater and you're like, what's playing? Oh, Whitney Houston and Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner, not, yeah, yeah, Kevin Costner. You cover both bases. Yeah, and, and the like you said, in. there's got some little action, so you can get your boyfriend into it, and yeah, Kevin Costner got, hey, got me into it a little, a little bit. bit. There's some twists and turns in this movie that kind of got me. I was like, "What?" Yeah, like a for a romance point. movie, like Lawrence Kasdan. For for those of you who don't really know, you probably yeah, this did. movie was written by Lawrence yes. Kasdan. Uh, the screenwriter of this film is uh, the screenwriter of. A couple of Star Wars films, actually, uh, three Star Wars films. So he's he wrote, a good writer. He's a good storyteller. He wrote, uh, well, what's considered the best Star Wars film, uh, Empire Strikes Back. 
He wrote Return of the Jedi, which is considered the worst. I wonder if he would have wrote the the because the twist in the bodyguard is actually pretty good for a romance twist. It is. Like you were like, what? It's the sister? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's just yeah. There's like this twist, sort of like towards the end of the movie. I guess we're kind of jumping. Yeah. Okay. So the main the movie is. There's this riot because the synopsis of the, the DVD is not doesn't really do it that great. There's this nope. there's Whitney Houston who's this rising movie star slash uh, singer. singer. She's um, Whitney Houston. Yeah, basically. basically. Um, and she's got this crazy stalker who is sending her hor- like these horrific like letters. Yeah, it's of death, really murder, creepy. Creepy drawings of penises and it's monsters. genuinely like when you see those drawings, you're like, whoa. Yeah, he's sending shit like that. He's Sneaking into her house, masturbating in her bed, what he thinks is her bed. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, that that shit was really creepy too. You're like, yeah, there's they? because there's this whole thing like the bedroom was created by her uh, pub, pub, probably her agent, publicist, manager, yeah, like, whoever created that this bedroom for like a magazine cover. In reality, she sleeps in a room next to her son or something. Mm-hmm. This is like all elaborate. It's got Super a chandelier, and so like the public thinks it's her bathroom, or her bedroom. That's why the creep would go in there and masturbating. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, she sleeps here, and it's like she's never touched it. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, you don't think like this movie had like. It has decent writing. It's probably like the Very, writing. Like, yeah, like the, surprisingly the story writing of it. good writing. Like the twist. Yeah, like... Yeah, okay, sorry. I was expe- sorry, I got a little distracted. Um, so there's this... That's crazy stalker. So then like her like manager who's either like been with her forever or is an uncle that became her manager. We never really find out because come on, it's a romance movie. Mm-hmm. Who the fuck cares? <laughs> but her old black manager... That's the only reason I think is like her uncle or something. <laughs> yeah, it... It just seems like he cares about it, her too much. It was, I was. Unless he's been her manager. I was a little bothered that like we didn't exactly know, like what his relationship was with this with with her. Yeah, maybe it's mentioned and we both just missed it. And I've missed it all the few maybe. times I've seen this movie, but I don't think it was. I mean, she's, maybe he seems like she's like he's like her he's, uh, father or something. But I don't think father. Not really. No, I don't. No, I don't think he is he either. Was, she was, he wasn't that devastated when the daughter was the other sister was killed. Right, yeah. That's why I don't I, think even related. Like I, well, I think is like something? I think is like that was her manager from the beginning, and it's just like oh he's been my manager for fifteen years so or just whatever. Keep so him he around? Just, no, just be, no that like oh he just looks out for me like that's why he cared. Right. He was the only one who truly cared in her circle, other than her bodyguard and stuff, because her people cared. Yeah, but Mike like her Star. sleazy publicist, who's the one better for her career. Doesn't yeah. care about her safety, mm-hmm. and that's what the plot is. Is that her, her the agent, her manager who cares about her, goes looks for Kevin Costner, who's this uh, the bodyguard, who's <laughs> ultimate bodyguard, because he used to be a Secret Service for the president. Yeah, there's that whole like <laughs> thing. Like he's all like he's got kind of like his past. He's hung up on, and it's just like. <laughs> Oh, it just turns out he wasn't there the day that Reagan got shot. I've always had a problem with that kind of being like the reason why he's got like his dark past or his dark. Because in every romance movie, the the main character's got to be kind of the main, at least male character. And even the female character, mostly male, though, has to be damaged. Of course. Like in a lucky one, he was a war veteran who was PTSD out. Friends all died in front of him. Kevin Costner just wasn't there. Because he was at his mother's funeral. It's not like because he was like lazy or like being a piece of shit. He was at his mom's funeral, which was sad enough. <laughs> yeah. And then fucking uh, the president gets shot. And then he blames himself. And that's why he right. retires the Secret Service. Whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's all about like 
they're them clashing because she's this free spirit and he's super stoic and serious and like no we need to be about security and he's he's used to protecting diplomats and like really important like rich people like oil barons and stuff he's not yeah. he doesn't protect pop stars he's not used to a little nope. girl running up to her after a, at a restaurant asking for an autograph mm-hmm. he's, he's used if that's happening it's oh she's got a bomb shooter like yeah he's almost shot a child <laughs> yeah and, he, and when yeah when she ran out like oh can I have an autograph and he's like and yeah Kevin Costner was like what the fuck and then, ah! yeah he's like hey back off and that's but when he realizes like ooh. I'm gonna yeah, have to change gotta, how I do things right yeah, now. Yeah, he's got to change up a little bit. But um, I'm still yeah, mad. and this movie was directed by Mick Jackson, who really doesn't have anything else that he's really known for other than Volcano. He <laughs> knows the movie with Tommy which, Lee Jones. Oh yeah, that one. Okay, yeah, that one. I liked it as a kid, yeah. but I bet if I watched it now, <laughs> there were not to get a, too much on on a tangent, but there were two Volcano movies that I came saw out that, that I year. I only remember the Tommy Lee Jones one. I remember there was that one, and then there's one with Pierce Brosnan called Dante's Peak. Yeah, I don't remember that one. Well, they were both. I think they were both flops. That one flopped really badly. No one really remembers that movie. I think the only reason you'd go see the other one is because Tommy. But Lee they were Jones. both like competing like volcano, volcano movies. movies. <laughs> and then it is so stupid of a premise. And then you had two competing. Uh, like asteroid movies with uh, Armageddon and Deep Impact. Yeah, I think after those movies, they realized like we should stop doing this. <laughs> yeah, it's because it's a weird. we're we're making stupid ideas and then making the same movie twice, and then like doing and that in a way to like the try box to jack office. it up. Yeah, <laughs> like why don't we just make one stupid movie? Yeah, like we do now, or just make it a movie <laughs> se- or series on Netflix <laughs> about volcanoes that didn't exist back then, though. But yeah. Um, so yeah, like, like we said, this guy really, I mean, he's done a lot throughout his career, but this was probably his biggest, this was his biggest hit. Oh, for and sure. And what he would probably be Still most probably well known collecting for. collecting royalties off of this one? Yeah, I would, <laughs> I mean, maybe, yeah. Um, and it was, pro- uh, this movie was produced by Kevin Costner, the star of the movie. Yes. And Lawrence Kasdan, the, the yeah. writer of the movie, and yeah. Jim Wilson, probably just the guy who gave him money. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> maybe. I'd- don't yeah. Um, <laughs> don't quote me on that. It is interesting that uh, Kevin Costner produced this movie. Maybe that's how know. they got him in it because he probably got more uh, more say, like more say in got, the movie and more royalties. And he's just like, oh, I'm just doing a romance movie. But then it's like, oh, my huge fucking money. <laughs> um, yeah, this movie, as we've said, is starring Kevin Costner. Mostly known for uh, Dancing with Wolves, Waterworld, which is a huge flop, but I liked as a kid. It's a fun movie. I mean, I know it's a bad movie. There's a surprising amount of people who like that movie. It's a fun movie. I've never seen it, actually. Okay, people, future podcast, because I actually like that movie. That's surprising. You've never seen that movie. I've heard so much about it. Never watch it now, because we'll probably watch it for a podcast. Okay. Uh, The Postman, another movie people hate, but I liked as a kid. You saw that? As, not in theaters, but like as a kid, I saw it on TV. I've never TNT. seen that movie either, but again, I've heard that that's, a de- a, that's a definite TNT That's a notorious movie. bomb. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> like just that dramatic, like, TNT, we know drama. <laughs> yeah, show it at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. The Postman. <laughs> the Postman, this movie no one saw. Uh, three thousand miles to Graceland. That's a well. That movie where he like doesn't he like dress up as like an Elvis impersonator? Yeah, Kurt Russell's in that movie. Yeah, I remember that movie. I, I it's another. That movie was I another watched with my like mom. kind of bomb. 
rude. Uh, Black or White, which is his most recent movie I remember, which is uh, Bill Burr in it, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's uh, it's a that one's about he's a grandfather of a black granddaughter because his d- white daughter married a black guy, but then died in a car accident. Mm. And then like the movie begins with like, like him and his wife or the, like got custody of the kid uh, or taking care of the kid. But then like the wife, the movie begins with the wife dying, yes. his wife dying. And then the, the movie is just him dealing with that and then getting reconnected with the black part of the family with, for the daughter. It's pretty good, but probably wouldn't be made noted. <laughs> Well, didn't it come out just a couple years 2015. ago? Oh, five years so, ago. So, I mean, still, like, now, five years? You know what's changed now? I don't <laughs> think you can make a movie like that. Not like it was super bad or anything. It was just like, oh, you're making another white savior movie? Like, all right. Nothing's <laughs> fun anymore. Um, no. Other stars in this movie? <laughs> you didn't Whitney. mention one of his most famous movies, though. What? Robin Hood. Yeah, but I, 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 I would only I, I saw that, but I, I've never seen that movie, and I don't really care about it. I'm surprised you haven't seen that. I, it's kind of entertaining. Doesn't really hold up now, though. Yeah, it's I've kind of dated. Yeah, there's so there's been a couple Robin Hoods, and the Robin Hood, always in my mind, is the parody one, oh, Men the in Tights. Robin Hood, Men in Tights. That one's, I mean, because that one's just that's a classic. I mean, I know the other one might be a classic too, but this one's fun. The other one's fun. <laughs> I mean. Um, but yeah, the other stars in this movie are Whitney Houston, uh, Gary Camp, Kemp, uh, Bill Cobbs, and uh, mm-hmm. Ralph White. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> and Mike Starr. Oh yeah, Mike Starr, the 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 other body the other guard bodyguard who's just like he'd be a bo- good bodyguard if you were just a typical pop star. But <laughs> yeah, when some assassin's coming for you and a creepy stalker who's masturbating in your bedroom, you need no. Kevin Costner. You need Kevin Kastner. Stoic man. <laughs> Lee, yeah, I uh, I had shuffling man last week. Lee has stoic man. Stoic man. <laughs> Stone-faced man. This is the blank expression in every Hey, don't scene. you love that, driver? Uh, you love movies where they are, but like, the guys. But he's also, like, trying to be, like, also sort of emotional. With I, I don't know. Because it's, it's a different it's sort a, of thing. It's a romance version of stoic. And this character doesn't seem like he's like t- that fucked up, like the way. No, no. Even Driver then, he, like, he never like super like staves up all night just it's drinking a, alcohol because he's thinking yeah. about Reagan. It's just <laughs> something. He's just like, oh yeah, that's why I quit. He doesn't stomp somebody's head in like Ryan Gosling and Drive. No, that, <laughs> I mean that was rude. All that guy wanted to do was kill him. <laughs> um. But yeah, the production company of this uh, was Tig Productions. Who the fuck? And then Castan Pictures. This guy, Castan had all the. Uh, it seems like his fingers in this movie. He wrote yeah. it, produced, produced it. it. Yeah, his, his production company was involved in it. I'm surprised he didn't direct it. He has. He was a director at one point. Maybe uh, he directed t- another movie with Kevin Costner that my dad really liked called Wyatt Earp. That just sounds very. It's a boring movie. It's white like dad movie. It's a ve- oh god, this is the it's definition the wild, of a dad wild movie. Wears. It's like basically Tombstone, but not as good. <laughs> Rude. Uh, Kevin Costner is probably makes it way better than Tombstone. Um, yeah, and this is distributed by Warner Brothers, which is obvious because who the fuck knows those other two companies? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I've never heard of them. 
Those are my notes on the movies, everybody. Podcast over. Bye bye. Those are his extensive notes. (laughs) (laughs) Those are my just pre podcast notes. I got other notes, everybody. And I know this voice is annoying, but it's going to be the rest of the podcast because Lee angered me. (laughs) My ears are bleeding now. (laughs) Yes, Lee's ears are bleeding because he's beautiful. Okay, everybody. Let's get on uh, some of the quotes for this movie because this movie has some good quotes, I think. It does. Uh, Lee will probably know. You might know some quotes, but these are the quotes that I picked out. Uh, You're the best. There's no such thing. It's just like great sort of like, yeah, like man lines in this movie. Because he's such a man in this movie. He likes old star. He likes old samurai because it's the 90s. It's what men were. They were white. <laughs> Sorry. You just got to bring that up. I, okay, well, being truthful. I'm just saying like in movies, yeah. leading yeah, stars yeah, yeah. were, they were white. They were super manly. Handsome. They, they drank, but they didn't drink while they worked. They fucking liked samurai swords. They watched samurai movies. They did yeah, stoic bullshit. Yeah, watching Seven Samurai. It's cool to see that. And now we've nowadays we have movies with Asians and black people and Mexican people being lead stars because we realize Everything like is diverse not everyone's now. a fucking white dude who sits in his basement drinking whiskey. <laughs> like, right. Like there's other people doing other things. <laughs> like we gotta we got more stories to tell. I guess. Yeah, we can have Idris Elba be a badass. Yeah. And punch the Dwayne the Rock Johnson in the face. <laughs> um. Ugh. But uh. I like how you do things, Tony. I do things fine, Frank. <laughs> yeah, That's one of his interactions with, with uh, Mike Starr. When the, the the other bodyguard, the bodyguard doesn't even realize they're being like followed, and he's just like trying to f- pick a fight with you, them. You learned something from me, Frank. <laughs> he's just not even realize they're being followed. I loved it. Um, it's a pretty intense scene. This you like this you like this one Tuesday morning brunch. Where'd you get this guy? <laughs> <laughs> I like the the. I think it was the line before it. It's like, you know, can't I just go out for lunch? You can go out on Tuesday. Yeah, she goes, I want to go out for brunch. Like, he's, yeah, he's like, go out for a, go, go out, can't you go out on Tuesday? <laughs> and they're all like, oh, you fool. <laughs> brunch on a Tuesday? Like, Where'd you get this guy? <laughs> <laughs> the sleazy, like, fucking agent. Her British, yeah, manager. Man. Whatever he is. Very sleazy. Oh, and then this is my favorite scene. This is my favorite scene from the movie, the scene where he puts the bodyguard in his place. Uh, oh, yeah. I won't talk about this again. That is again. a really good scene. Yeah, I won't talk about this again. And it's a scene where no words are exchanged. He's just sitting there eating a peach with a knife like a man because it was a stressful night. They had just come back. That night they went. They did a surprise visit because the sleazy agent wanted them to do a surprise visit at a club. The club, yeah. It was a super rowdy uh, crowd that started like, Jumping uh, they on, got up stage, on the stage, they pulled her down her. into the crowd. They were ripping her like outfit apart, trying to steal her shit. Kevin Costner was beating people with a fucking fl- with fire, a fire extinguisher. extinguisher yeah. The other bodyguard was pissed because he went some other direction. And like, yeah, he went the, he Kevin went to Co- the back entrance where yeah, he was supposed Kevin, to go out the front to meet the limo. No, no, no. He went to the front because that's where he thought the limo would be waiting because he's not thinking like that's where the crowd is. Like, how are we going to get he went through, through the that? back? Because he went no, through the that's ex- where Kevin Costner went. Kevin Costner went to the back because remember like fucking when the guy comes out, there's uh, all the people waiting because they know that's where all the limos are. Yeah. Well, Kevin Costner, when he told, he told the driver, like pull it around the back because he's the better bodyguard. He knows. Like, we yeah, get obviously. Out. He's he the, he's the bodyguard. Yeah. Never fall in love. 
like like he saw, he just got him out of there. He didn't wait for the black guy, the manager. He didn't wait for the agent. He didn't wait for the other bodyguard. He was just like, go go. Yeah. Because she was all traumatized. Okay. So then yeah, he's it was a stressful night. He's sitting there peeling a peach. The other bodyguard bust in, all <laughs> pissed off because he's probably had to walk home or something. Yeah. Or walk back. And he just immediately, like, he, he's out of frame, and then all of a sudden he's just about yeah. to punch Kevin Costner. And Kevin Costner dodges him and kind of gives him this face, like, about to do this. <laughs> and then just boop, boop, just within two punches, like, knee kick, f- throat punch, fall, he goes to the ground. And he gets a sits, chair. And he does, yeah, just the classic, like, put the chair over his neck. And sits, sits on, on him. He's like, like what just, are we going to do here? Yeah, and just kind of looks at him. And the guy goes like, ah, let me up. But you win, you win. And then, like, and he lets him up. And, like, as soon as he gets him up, he tries to hit him again. Kevin Costner smashes him in the face. Fucking, like, hit, hits yeah. him in a bunch of pots and pans. <laughs> throws him off a counter. Yeah, it was almost sort of cartoonish in a way. Yeah, like, throws him through a bunch of glasses. <laughs> fucking. And then, he, and, then, and then, like, just looks at the guy. And this guy's he, on the ground. And the guy's like, all right, you win again. <laughs> And then, like, Kevin up. Costner gets up, starts picking up the mess, kind of, like, taking his, like... And then that's when he hears the... Whoosh, he picks mm. up a fucking knife. Yep, the guy pulls out... The other bodyguard pulls out a big butcher knife, stared at Costner, and Costner... I love the face he makes. The he, look on his face is pretty awesome. He, he raises, like, an eyebrow, like, this motherfucker. Like, really? Like, really? You're pushing it to this. Okay. Like, you're... And he does... And he grabs the knife. He, ha- he has he has yeah. a knife in his hands with... The, with the, using the cut the peach mm-hmm. he just fl- flips it real quick fling, throws it at the guys within inches of the head of the oh, guy's head his head yeah and the guy just looks at it puts the knife down and goes okay okay yeah, like but for real and that's and when that, he respects him and that's when <laughs> kevin Costner goes understands. i'm not gonna talk about this again I'm stoic man yeah and that's when he delivers that epic line of i'm not gonna talk about this again We're not because that's talk- how men <laughs> talked about it they fucking talk with their fists this- like i put you in your place i don't have to say anything again you should never, never question me you should never try to because you know and he doesn't yeah and he, I, yeah i i like that like her whole like a uh, crew falls for uh, Cos- Costner, uh, yeah, Costner because he comes in and says whips him into shape. The driver immediately like fucking starts worshiping him because he starts teaching him how to drive cool, and he sees yeah. guns. And he's like, this guy's serious. <laughs> like this guy's awesome. Yeah, and, and that guy got hurt in the last explosion, so he's probably like, I would like to see security maybe bumped right. up a bit. Yeah, and then yeah, the bodyguard once he. He was the kind of dumb muscle that you need to be punched in the face a couple of times to go like, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's the bully that if you just punch back, he'll go like, oh, yeah, man, he'll, re- he'll pat you on the back <laughs> like the next day because now he respects you. He'll be your friend. Yeah, because he because lo- everyone loves Whitney, and even the bodyguard loves her, and he's just like, I, he wants to do the best for her, and he thinks doing the best for her is making just her happy, but sometimes you may need to make her not happy to make her safe. Yes. That's and that's what, what being a bodyguard truly is. That's what counts. Yeah. You know the kind of, uh the the brilliant thing about that uh <laughs> that knife throwing scene is that it was actually established early in the movie that he's good with throwing knives. Yeah, like he when uh, the 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 old manager guy try is recruiting him in the beginning, he's kind of like pretending I think he's pretending to be drunk. And Maybe. like, cause he's like, fuck, he fucks up the first two knives and he's like, oh, and then just blam, 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 just three in a row. Like, yeah. I think, I think it was all like, a, right. like a ploy, like, cause the guy was like, are just you truly what you are? Bit. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. 
Like, are you, are you, can you back up your skills? Are the rumors right? And it's like, okay, yeah. Like, yeah, it was like. Because he's, because yeah, cause, oh, that's another thing. I love it. He, they establish that he's a really good, he tests them all. He gives, when he in first comes on yeah. the ma- mansion, he gives them all weird names. Yeah, uh, Alexander Graham Bell. To get through the <laughs> gate, he tells them just the atomic uh, weight of zinc because the speaker's so fucked up. And he's like, yeah. okay, this is the first sign that this is the are... first layer of security. I just got through it easily. Because they just can't hear me, so they're just buzzing anyone in. Yeah. Fucking get to the next level of security. It's a chauffeur who's always outside watching the car. And they all I, he called, told him he's Edison. And the guy goes, Tom's oh, okay, Edison. man, just go inside. Then he gets to the front door, and the, the probably the housekeeper lady. He tells her that his he, name's Henry, uh, Henry Ford. Yeah, Henry Ford gets in immediately. Yeah. She, just, she questions it for like a second, and then goes, oh, okay, and then lets him in. And then he's fucking in. He could just walked up to Winnie Houston, put a gun in her head, bam, blown her away. No one could stop her. Shoot the bodyguard. They're all freaking the fuck out. You have a gun, you flee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're, what the fuck? <laughs> and you never see that bodyguard having a gun, so maybe you don't even need to shoot the bodyguard. Maybe he's just fucking traumatized that Winnie Houston's head just got blown out on his face. And he's just like, oh. oh, oh. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and then that's some of the stuff that he, he immediately starts, like, addressing. Like, as soon as he... Gets control. They start like making that sh- place like Fort Knox. Yeah. As soon as he goes, like your great. kids in danger, she's like, it's, okay. It's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. But um, uh, here's some other. This this is my favorite romantic quote. She didn't love me anymore. Can you imagine that? Whitney Houston. No, I can't. I was like, oh, adorable. That's an adorable line right there. I the, like their romance. Yeah. They, it's established from the beginning. It's the typical, if you like romance, if you like the typical romance novel, it's the typical, the bodyguard comes in, you can't see the woman at first, you don't see yeah. her face. They kind of build her up a little bit. They build bit. her up a little bit, she's talking, ha, 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 and she sounds all this, and then she turns around, and, that, and the bodyguard, and their eyes meet for the first time, and she's expecting the typical bodyguard, big, fat, like the guy she's got, that's what she's expecting, some big, fat, ugly troglodyte, and right. he's expecting, he's not, doesn't know what he's expecting, but then what turns around, this beautiful fucking, like, Nubian princess, and fucking, then <laughs> what's standing there, this fucking, like, you know, this handsome, handsome American, red-blooded American white male bodyguard in a suit, fucking looking not like a fucking yeah. Uh, slick. I I protect uh, Slipknot. I fucking no. I look. I protect presidents. Yeah, he looks slick. Yeah, and then immediately, like when she starts giving all these rules, he goes like, "I think we have a, a mistake here." <laughs> and he tries to. He tells her immediately he's gonna leave. She gives him those bedroom eyes. Yeah, she. That's the thing. Yeah, we were talking about there's that. A, yeah, in the she beginning says, of this movie, there's she's like fucking him with his eyes like immediately. Yeah, like with her the, eyes. yeah. There's just like a bunch of shots of her just staring at him. Yeah, she's like, she starts crushing hard on him first mm-hmm. because he's got the rule: never fall in love. Never fall in love. Which soon <laughs> breaks as they go on a date. They fuck. It's where we get that. But that's quote. when that's things that get from. complicated. That yeah, and then the next morning he's like, I shouldn't have done this, and then like they get in a huge fight. They're going to Miami, and then like that's when like she gets a super spooky call from, which you probably didn't realize, it's from the assassin. That's what made not it from creepy. the killer, th- or not from the, st- the stalker. stalker yeah. Would have just been like a, 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 a stuttering, like yeah, yeah, fuck. yeah. It was the it, because he was pissed. That he she, was a red herring. Basically. Yeah, the assassin was pissed because she. He tried to rape her. Yeah, and she, that was like, crazy. And he'd never like even really like thought it was rape. Like she kept saying no, 
He, he was like, no. Nah. Like, and then ah, like she goes on. to the door. He opens. She opens the door. He's like, no, nah, I don't think so. He's or he's like, nah, maybe you'll leave a little later. Yeah, and then she has to go to her Ugh. body, our other bodyguard, and go, Tony, get this guy the fuck. Yeah. Out of here. Tony gives him the like. I'll throw you out of the fucking balcony. Yeah. <laughs> like this is we're on the top floor. Yeah. Kind of face. You like, could, <laughs> could take him maybe. Probably. And just in that maybe the guys I don't know. Um because Kevin Costner is away because he's pissed. And there's the whole scene where he goes and just beats up a random dude. Which, which is a surprisingly really violent scene. Yeah, because he's like super fucking pissed off because she's just because she she keeps antagonizing him, saying things that's pissing him off. He's walking through that he finds that like his rules weren't kept like he wants the corridors, but it's just like two boxes in the way he kicks them over. There's some guy smoking that he doesn't know. He's like, get out of here. And the guy's like, hey, fuck you, man, because it's fucking Miami. <laughs> right. And it's some guy just waiting for his maid wife who our housekeeping wife. Right. And like and like they get an altercation and Kevin Costner beats the shit out of this guy. He almost kills him. He punches him in the face, which like immediately explodes his nose. The guy like gets pissed and tries to hit him back for that. <laughs> Kevin Costner just fucking throat punches him. Temple smashes him with both fists. Yeah. Hits him and like, in, like then kicks him in the chest into like a, like into a metal shelf as he falls, then grabs him by the throat and is about to like start wailing on him with his wife's like, no, no, my well, he like he punched him in the the nose too, and his like nose explodes There's blood everywhere. with blood. Yeah, and his wife's just like, "Please, no, don't kill my it's husband." So fucked up. And, he, and Kevin Costner's just like, "What if I become?" And he's just like, "I'm sorry," and he just walks yeah, away. I'm sorry. And that's when he tells Bill like, he goes back and he tells the old black guy, the old black manager like, "Hey." I can't do this anymore. I'll get you guys back to California and then I'm out because I fell in love yeah. and I fucked it up. And then that's when he, and that's when she, after she got that call from the assassin, that was really creepy. Cause he probably described the way he was going to kill her. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's when she finally admits to him like, okay, I'll do whatever you say. Like this guy's going to kill me. It's right. no longer a joke. But then she gets really like, terrified and kind of paranoid after that well no 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 after that is when they go to the the uh, oh yeah to his dad's the cabin, cabin yeah. his dad where his dad lives in the cabin like probably in colorado it's most likely and they the, mm -hmm. the whole crew goes up um other than i don't think the bodyguard goes with them it's no just he's a, there he is i think so no yeah. no no he's not no he's not right no no, no, not. It's no just he's the driver not. the dad the sister the son, son kevin costner because i think they yeah. wanted a small crew because the agent's not there, and even the black guy wasn't there, the manager. Right, yeah, he wasn't so there. So it was a small crew. Um, they go up there because he's like, because because the reason Kevin, because when she's trying to convince him to stay, he's like, I can't do this. Like, this isn't the kind of security I do. I can't deal with these crowds. I don't, like, he, he's like, he's going to get you, and I can't deal with those odds. He's like, I, right. I only take on jobs where the odds are in my favor, because that's how I become the best bodyguard. I'm not yeah. gonna take a job. I know the guy's gonna die. <laughs> like, or the per yeah, the person's gonna die. Yeah, or it's more likely they're gonna die because they're just making my life difficult. <laughs> or the way their their life is just gonna make it more difficult with thousands of fans. So then they yeah they go to this like cabin in the woods, and like it's everything's hunky dory and it seems all nice. And then it's kind of where the movie kind of got a little boring for me, honestly. That's where it do it does because it's. It, that's it, it. This is where it, it enters its final act. Yeah. This is the last thirty to forty to thirty minutes of the movie. Yeah. Because they yeah. go to the cabin. You have the, you have a couple bonding scenes. 
Then you you have it established that the son can't swim, so that when Kevin Costner jumps and like throws him off a boat, the mom gets Whitney Houston gets mad at first, and yeah. she, no one understands why he did it. And then all of a sudden, and then you have the the what line. What are we gonna do about the boat? How are we gonna get the boat back? Boom! Yeah. Because Kevin Costner just the reason why he threw the kid off. Sorry, you should have told, said this before. Is because he was walking with his dad. And he's he's the ultimate bodyguard. He does the morning patrol and the night patrol. Mm-hmm. He knows all the footprints. And there's a strange set of footprints going from the boathouse to the woods. And that's when he freaks the fuck out. And that happens. And that's when the house goes on lockdown. They're getting. That's when they find out all the cars are tamper are all dead. They're on, yeah, like they, yeah, he kills the batteries. Yeah, they go into the, the assassin does. They go into super lockdown. Uh, and that's when Kevin Costner sees that the sister's drinking, and it's always kind of alluded to. If you if if you see the movie, you pay the attention, first time, yeah. If you pay attention, or you, if you've seen it before, you see it like the sister's always. In the beginning, the sister was the first one to talk to Kevin Costner, mm-hmm. and that's when. And then when then then when he when Houston talked to her, you see the sister notice at first, and she kind of makes a face like, <sighs> right, another one. Like another thing taken from it. and then, and then, and then when she gives her backstory, he's like, "Oh, I was a singer at first, but you know, clear." Whenever she's talking about herself, it's always like, "Oh, I'm the shitty one, and Whitney's this great one." And you always see these scenes mm-hmm. where she's staring, and she makes comments after they have sex, like, "Yeah, she's jealous." You could tell she's super jealous, but you're not like, "Oh, she hired an assassin." Jealous. It never alludes to that kind of thing. I you never expect it when he's she's just drinking. But Kevin Costner did, especially when he saw her drinking. He's like, what did you do? Yeah, it's like you're in. It's like it's pretty funny how immediately. He, yeah, because uh, she's getting like drunk and it, like she, because he probably like kind of like because once the the boat explodes, he's immediately like, this isn't just a stalker. Yeah, like this is like this, this is a is professional. Assassin, like what the yeah. hell? This isn't just some weirdo who masturbates in some girl's bed. <laughs> yeah, that other guy is like. He was just a red herring this whole time. Yeah, I the real stalker was... is someone you do see, and he's like this real creep. So you kind of like maybe is doing all this stuff. Yeah, he's really creepy. He sneaks into the car when it's in a car wash. He's wearing he like got gloves into the house. and shit, and he's got a like um, uh, he sends her letters and can't be traced. Mm-hmm. Unless yeah, unless you get the federal government to trace them, but <laughs> just normal people, rich people, couldn't trace it with whatever connections they had. And the 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 police eventually do arrest him too. Yeah, they get yeah. them, and then. Yeah, and that's another thing that like uh, uh, Kevin Costner's like, what the heck? What do you mean you got him like this? Then who are we dealing with? Like, what's this? and that's when they find out like, oh, the sister. I think the scene that really like solidified that like the sister was like, kind of like, almost sort of insanely jealous of her sister is when she's singing that song. Yeah, because she song. tried to fuck Kevin Costner the first night. Right, and he turns her away. And she goes like, oh, another thing. And mm-hmm. she's just super at her lowest. Yeah. yeah. And she does the singing. And you see it when her sister first sings. It doesn't look like she's happy. She looks yeah. upset. She's like, I just wanted to be outside here singing. And then, of course, you come here and you're like, oh, and you're just like a much better she just singer. She immediately upstages her. <laughs> and she immediately stops singing the sister. Whitney Houston yeah. just takes over, and, and it's she's a like, scene. "Oh, and but Whitney Houston like kind of hugs her and like kisses her. Yeah, and, and so much. Kevin Costner's looking at, but then he gets distracted by the fact that he's like, "Where's the sun?" And that's when the boat scene happens. Mm-hmm. So they get distracted. Even the sister. And that's when the sister realizes, like, "Oh shit, what have I done? What have I done? Because I just wanted my sister dead. I didn't want to kill. I didn't want to kill the baby. I didn't want to kill. And that's when you get one. Uh, I think it's a pretty funny line. Is when she's confessing to what she did." And he's just like, what was his name? What were you doing? And she's like, 
I was very stoned. <laughs> like the way she just says it. The way she said it, yeah, it was kind of funny. <laughs> um, yeah, that, and was, now, that scene was. It was pretty intense, yeah, because then you have like she admits it, she's breaking down. Kevin Costner is like he's he's understanding, but he's also like you're a piece of shit. I'm <laughs> like yeah, and then he hears a noise uh, mm-hmm. upstairs. He goes to check on Rachel and his dad. And then he tells his dad to stay with Rachel when he realizes no one's up here. And that's and then and then that's when the assassin meets the sister and she's like, no, 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 don't do it anymore. Boom. And he just shoots, shoots her in the fucking chest dead, dead. Yep. because he didn't even know because it was an, it was like an assassin hired through a third party. So like he didn't even know who hired him. And it, and and another thing that made Kevin Costner worried was hired till she's dead. Like keep doing like he paid her. She paid enough that mm-hmm. this guy is going to keep going. Right. Got a one and done, and the assassin goes like, "Ah, eh, fuck it, I got my twenty grand." Right. It's like he got like three hundred thousand dollars. Make sure she's fucking dead. <laughs> like and he's gonna carry that mission. Yeah, out. And, it, and it makes it even creepier when you find that out. Like he went to her the party, and he was gonna rape or yeah, maybe, or, and he knew, Kevin, or maybe even have consensual sex with her. And he knew Kevin Costner's. Yeah, because he was a he was a former uh, uh, secret, secret service. He was a bad secret service. Agent. And yeah, like when Kevin since Kevin Costner went to bodyguarding for money. Like this guy went for the ultimate money, assassin money, <laughs> like, and like, and it's it's fucked up that even if he wasn't gonna be rape, he was gonna have consensual sex with Whitney Houston and then shoot her in the face, yeah, in front of everybody and traumatize the world, but all just not even for a reason, just because because mm-hmm. it would have been more confusing and hard to get the assassin. It would just look like a crazy guy, and it would have been harder to find him. Yeah, but. Yeah, so you get that's you get that scene, and that's when like Whitney Houston starts becoming. That's when she starts becoming super paranoid. Her sister was just killed. They've got the Oscars, and like you got Kevin Costner going like, I don't know, man. I don't think we should do it. Like, yeah, which proves I mean he was right. He but was. It's also how they capture the guy because, yeah, you get the scene. She goes to the Academy Awards. She's freaking the fuck out. She's holding like the little like transmitter he gave her. Oh in yeah, the earlier in the film, uh, Kevin Costner gives. Whitney Houston like a little cross like pendant and it pisses thing. her off at first because she no, thinks she's she th- no, yeah. at, at yeah, first yeah, yeah. she thinks he's just giving her a gift right and then he goes like oh yeah press this and I'll know where it's a how transceiver to get you. and then she's like ugh you're just always about the job but then mm-hmm. it turns out later in the movie she's freaking the fuck out she starts pressing it she embarrasses herself she can't read her the teleprompter for best actress and like and she looks like a fool and she walks out. Uh, yeah, and she, she runs off because she panics. And then she gets all pissed off at Kevin Costner and tells him, like, you're out of here, fight, you're freaking me the fuck out. And luckily enough, the other bodyguard calms her down and is like, no, take him with you. Like, we need him. Like, please. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the agent's like, once this is done, you're out of here, man. And like, you don't understand show business. And that's when the other bodyguard's like, you're a fucking asshole. Or you're yeah. an asshole. <laughs> you know what? You're an asshole. <laughs> yeah, because this movie gets a rated R rating yeah, for. Yeah, there's some swearing. Yeah. And there's some for, violence, too. There is, but it's like rated R for four fucks and like one head yeah. exploding. It's kind of, oh, oh yeah, the, yeah. Because so yeah, so the you assassin get, has a pretty awesome death that's, scene. Actually, that's, a th- that's another reason. One reason I picked this, uh, I picked this movie because I wanted to show Lee a romance movie that he could potentially like because it was gonna have '90s things in it. It had all those it does. like <laughs> it had the '90s music. It's got the '90s. Yeah, there's technology. a lot of scenes where it's like they're basically music fashion. videos. Yeah. It's got the '90s feel of it, like the the beginning. It's it starts. It's just silence and it's just words. Kevin Costner, yeah, open, yeah, Whitney Houston, the most basic opening, the credits. bodyguard, and just and even the ending is just Kevin Costner's face. 
freeze frame on his stone the face. The bodyguard. And then, then, While then, the uh, the famous song plays. Yeah, because I think this movie was low budget a bit. Yeah, 25, $25 million. million? Not, I do not think they thought it was going to be anything that it was. They never do when these movies come out. Because even back then in 92, was Christmas, was Christmas always a popular time for movies to come out? Uh, Wasn't I mean, it summer the time you would get a movie like like a movie that would make this much money? Nowadays we have like this Christmas would, movies. This would be a good movie to release around Christmas, I think. But then they did. November I can also 25th. imagine it being released in the summer, or maybe I don't think it would have done as well in the Day. summer. Valentine's Day, yes, I think Valentine's Day probably would have done even bigger. My, yeah, can you <laughs> think about it. One of the biggest hits of all. If it would have come maybe. out, if th- this kind of movie had come out nowadays, they probably would have re-released it for Valentine's Day. <laughs> Yeah, that, because back then they didn't re-release movies. Well, they did, but but not like this. Not then. well. That movie had just come out. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah. So she's uh, freaking out, and then this whole time he's realizing he's putting all the pieces together because he sees the the other body, the assassin there, but he doesn't know he's an assassin yet, and he tricks him by saying like, "Oh, I'm the the comedy host bodyguard," and right. that's. And then when Whitney Houston freaks Robert out on him, Wool. that's when she he realizes the the, the host set tells them like I don't even know who the fuck you're talking about, and that's when he yeah. realizes like, oh shit that's the assassin, and like he goes to try to tell Whitney Houston and she goes no fuck it you're just freaking me out you're, I don't want to even hear anything you have to say and like even the other bodyguards like no what ah, like he's freaking <laughs> out because he's just like no you gotta listen he's gonna get killed you <laughs> they're gonna kill you. So, like, she goes up to do her, like, last, like, uh, or she's sitting in the crowd to get her award, mm-hmm. and, like, Kevin Costner's staring, and then he tells the bodyguard, the other bodyguard to go clear, and that's when he sees that one of the cameramen is the assassin, and he's got, like, a gun fashioned to the side, and, yeah, like... he's got a laser sight on it. And he watches the other bodyguard walk up to him and get his eye poked out, and then his, like, neck cotty chopped, and, like, <laughs> not killed, but knocked the fuck out, and he loses his eye. <laughs> like... Sure. But um, and then like Kevin Costner's like, and then like, and then she her name gets called. Everything starts going slow mo. You're seeing the red dot go across her face. Mm-hmm. Kevin Costner's trying to make the decision. Like, does he run out? Does he shoot? What's happening? Light in his face. He's like, mm-hmm. oh shit! And then right when the light goes in his face, you see it in his face. You realize like, oh, this is what he was waiting for. When everyone's blinded, he could shoot her in the head and then run for it. Mm-hmm. So that's Kevin Costner just runs. <laughs> when he's just like, "What are you doing?" He gets, yeah, he gets hit twice. Everyone starts panicking. They're trying to take the gun out of Kevin Costner's hand because they think she he just ran up and shot her, and like because they're like they just see blood on her. He's holding a gun. They're like, "What the hell happened?" And like, and then you see the assassin guy trying to line up for another shot, and Kevin Costner's all woozy and badass, and he's like, "Not today." <laughs> shoots him like yeah. in the like like the shoulder and the guy goes like or no shoots him in the can no shoots, shoots him in the, the chest the- and the guy goes like oh and then shoots him in the camera shoots, the, shoots camera, the camera and the camera explodes <laughs> and blows his head out it's, it's, and sprays all over this lady and she's like ah and he just collapses on it's her it's great it's it's it, when I, I saw RoboCop that. die last week, I was like, okay, you're going to like that guy. Because that's the same property. They got a dummy and his head went bleh. And it, fuck, is it, it's love brutal. Stuff. His fuck, it's the camera explodes. His side of his I wish they face showed it a little bit blows more. Blows in. <laughs> and just, it's a, they're not trying to be too horrible brains. Or, you great. see enough with his head just like explode the fuck out one way. 
And like, and that's when like, and that's when you get, you gotta get the class. You gotta get the, them saying the title. He's my bodyguard. Yeah. And that, and then you don't hear that song, the whole movie until the end end. when like he's, he's, they're saying goodbye. He got her a new bodyguard, some old man. Cause he's like, I can't trust you. Just, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, that's pretty funny. Fucking, uh, they do their little. They do a little bit like a uh, shallow goodbye kiss. Like, just let's just get this over because they, they can't handle. Like, cause she can't handle it. They don't even kiss. He just yeah. hugs her. He can't handle it. She can't handle it. She just goes and I is playing the whole time. And then like, it, it, they save it for the moment. I love this. I love editing because they save it. Yeah, she editing. goes, <laughs> stop. As soon as the c- thing comes out and she a- exits the plane, it goes. Yeah. <laughs> and that's she runs to his arms. They start kissing, and that's when you know, like, they're gonna end up together. Because then it shows her like singing the song, and it's kind of bittersweet, probably because like, oh, she's not gonna be, she's not always with her love. Mm-hmm. That's what the song is always about. It's like, oh, we're two separate lives. It's yeah. hard to be together, and he's oh, he's out out in like some fucking random. Stupid charity event for some probably rich politician guarding him. He was like guarding a priest or something. A priest or just someone there. It's just some boring something. Something he's comfortable with. <laughs> yeah, and probably pays more. Well, probably something, less. Somebody who aligns more with his conservative values. Yeah, and he he was done. He was out of the the pop star game, and it's the only time he got shot <laughs> was when he started yeah, red- like, this guarding. Is too it. much for me. Yeah. And that's the other. That was one of my my last favorite quote was, "He's my bodyguard." Because <laughs> like, <laughs> the way she says it. Oh, what? oh, another one I liked. Uh, last quote that I liked. Everyone's he's when he's talking to the son. Everyone's afraid of something. That's how we know we care about things. I thought that was a pretty nice quote. Profound. Yeah. <laughs> this, but yeah, I th- I mean, I this it's a solid movie, movie. I think this movie out of all the movies I've picked so far has been one of my more favorites really because it's actually something i could be more proud of of saying i liked or whatever not proud of but like this is a well-made it movie feels like a real movie like you're not gonna this isn't land of the lost this isn't the lucky one this, this isn't, isn't just the, just one of the guys remake. yeah like yeah or the footloose remake like this <laughs> it's a goofy romance and it's still stupid and all stuff but i mean fuck i made 400 million dollars i mean eh. Got some cool little actions in it. It's got some things that you could it's, appreciate. It's got thrills. It's got chills. Like it said in the back. And it's got romance. <laughs> it, it feels very much like a like a nineties movie. Yeah, and I and I feel like for this this movie I've had the easiest like talking like making it to the hour. Because even I struggle to make our when it's my movie yeah. make it get to an hour because there's not much in it, but as you heard, I kind of went on some rants for this movie. I really like this movie. Like, I really like this hey. romance movie. I did the same thing kind of with the lucky one. I really like when it's straight real romance. I yeah, can go on a yeah. much more easy rant when it's like that because I get passion. Or, passionate not a about rant, it. but you can you have a lot more to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice new way to say that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and I just I I did love the end scene when like when it just freeze frame. The bodyguard, <laughs> and just imagine—that was funny. Imagining all his, the just his, '90s like, white women expression. with their big poofy head, just puddles, puddles, <laughs> right in that scene. Got puddles. that W A P? Got that wap? That wap? That fucking wet ass passing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Ben Shapiro would not approve. Um, but fuck him. Oh yeah, and uh, before we get to the end of this, uh, one thing I want to talk about that I thought was kind of funny that they even joke when he first meets meets up again with the assassin, the his old security guard buddy or a secret service buddy. They even joke about like the guy that he's guarding that night, the governor. He's like, maybe she, he's like he's with, she, he's he's with someone else tonight. Maybe she's eighteen. Uh, like, yeah. They even joking about pedophiles in politics back then, and we still have them all now. I bet it's, if that guy really was a governor and he was a governor now, he could still be the governor. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I bet there's some people that are in politics now that were in politics back then. Probably pedophiles. Probably. I know that the, like the chairman of the Republican Party is a pedophile. They went all. They all went to the Epstein Island. I bet. Oh, I guarantee it. I just thought it was kind of funny that even then they were just joking around. It was just an open secret. There's just pedophiles everywhere an in open our society. Secret. It's horrible. How is that an open secret? There's pedophiles everywhere. <laughs> and even it's, in a romance movie, they'll kind of joke around about it. Like, <laughs> it's gross. But yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do, man? It's still just about uh, women. Yeah, it's a movie podcast. It's not yeah. <laughs> I'm not trying to get assassinated. Try not to get assassinated. <laughs> No one's um, listening. <laughs> yeah, no one's listening. Um, but all right. I mean, do you have anything else to say about this movie, Lee? Any of your own uh, notes or? Well, I'm. I was just. I guess I would say I was pleasantly surprised by this movie. I, uh, you know, after my last couple, the last few movies have been that I chose. <laughs> uh, yeah, the last movies that you've chosen have. Especially, I don't know, what would be the worst one? I guess I probably had the most adverse reaction to uh, the, the lucky, lucky one. one. Yeah, because you didn't like Land of the Lost, but there was a couple of times. I you knew, were, yeah, there were a couple of times where I knew you were going to be lu- the lucky clever. one. You were like, all right, let's watch a romance movie. And you were like, I hated almost every minute of it. I don't yeah, because that, that one had no it. nostalgia for you. It's fucking 2013 or something. And I thought it was kind of insulting a little bit because of the whole veteran thing. And I thought, like, yeah, he has PTSD. But other than that, he, like, he doesn't have any sort of, like, other problems other than he almost, like, kills his nephew in one scene. And then he immediately leaves because he feels guilty about it. It's no real problems, okay? This, I, I bought... Um, Kevin Costner as a guy who felt like he failed at doing his duty, and that's yeah. why he was so stoic. Kevin Costner is a better actor than Zac Efron, especially at the point that <laughs> at, at least at that. the point where Zac Efron was at his career at the Lucky One. Yeah, I would say yeah. Kevin Costner at that point in The Bodyguard had done a bunch more movies and done a, a big more, a bit more of a range yeah he'd been yeah he had been acting probably since like the, the early 80s. 80s yeah you know he's a working actor he already had a couple like big major films he already had dances he directed he directed dances with wolves oh, and produced it i think so yeah so yeah so he had he, had li- he also directed the post comparing it like romance movies he also directed the postman okay we get it Lee. <laughs> you gotta point out the failures along with the success Hey. Rude child of the league. <laughs> you gotta acknowledge everything. <laughs> so, what would be your what would be your rating, Lee? Wow. Um. You know, I was kind of like I'm kind of debating whether I want to either give it a six out of ten or a seven out of ten. 
Um, because it's definitely above average. I think it's it's a real it's a solid movie. I think probably the highest rating you'd give one of my movies. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think you know the the screenplay is really well written. Lawrence Kasdan. You, you actually, li- I mean, yeah, you like him because he's yeah, he, he does a lot of really great. He you know he wrote my favorite Star Wars movie, my favorite Indiana Jones movie, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Well, damn. Uh, he also wrote Force Awakens. Hey, this might end up being. Your favorite romance movie. <laughs> Maybe. Well, no, my favorite romance movie is Rocky, I guess. Although, I guess you don't consider that to be a romance movie. No. But whatever. Uh, Yeah, I guess I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. It's above average. It's got a really solid screenplay. I like. I actually really like Whitney Houston in this movie. We didn't I really, do, too. We didn't really talk. I re- it makes me sad. It was very sad watching her in this movie. She had so much... Charisma. That's why yeah, I don't a really, great I, singer. I, that's, that, that, yeah, that's one reason I didn't talk about her much because it's just like talking about her is just sad because after this, I, I think mean, it's she just, has a couple I think more it's high. The time years. she met Bobby Brown. Yeah, which I mean, is, after this point, ugh. I'm not saying like it immediately starts going downhill, but the '90s don't treat her well, and then we all know what ends up happening, and it's just sad because you see her in this, and she's so beautiful and she so is. talented, and she's like. And she, the like, beginning she of an actress. She like, could have been a movie star. Yeah, like she totally could have kept doing movies like that. Like she was perfectly fine as that actress. She's very, she's very, she was very good. In you could have seen her grow. Like, like she her. was already like such a good like uh, musician. So it wouldn't be weird that she ha- could also act. Mm-hmm. Like have the talent to do it. Yeah, a lot of musicians can uh, can actually turn out to be really good actors. Yeah, and it's and it must be the time she met Bobby Brown because this would have been a total springboard into like more movies. Right. But maybe she's, maybe things start happening. Who knows? We don't, I don't know. I, I don't, I do not know the life of Whitney Houston. No, but, um, it's just sad. Yeah. I really, I really like her in this movie. I really, I like the whole movie. My rating on this movie would be 10 out of 10 for, because it's, it okay. hits all my buttons for a good movie for me. It's yeah. got a little bit of action, so it's not just like oh, dude, he's yeah, it's not just walking. a schmaltzy romance. Uh, you it, and it makes him feel more like a badass. Like you feel like he's <laughs> a body, a badass bodyguard. Yeah. Um, I, I love it. the chemistry between the two. I think they have really good chemistry. They do. They, I think they have really. Like, they whenever have... they're looking at each other, you're just like, hmm, maybe they fucked when cameras run off, at least once or twice. Who knows? Who it's knows? The 90s. <laughs> Um, but yeah, they do have really good chemistry, I mean, or they're just that good actors. Yeah, they made it such a. Sorry to interrupt, but no. uh, they made such a big deal out of the chemistry between Zac Efron and Taylor Schilling in the Lucky One, and I'm sorry, I did because, not because feel that at all. It, the difference I'll, I'll say is because in that one, in that one, Zac Efron's already in love with her. Yeah, that's the thing. And so there's no pursuit really. He's just there, and he's just happy to be there. He's in already life. kind of obsessed and with her, which is sort of weird. He's basically waiting for her to fall in love with him, which is kind of weird. Yes, if you don't like romance, but this romance is like just two strangers that met, and then they're just like they're, they spend some time with each other, and a they get bit. to know each other. They have some conflicting, the, some uh, ups and downs, you know. And yeah, their relationship boom. gets complicated. Like in terms of like a a Hollywood movie, I guess. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they fuck, and then like he's just like, oh, I can't do this, and then like this is a good like a Hollywood screenplay. Like this is the perfect kind of like what they call like a pot boiler movie. Yeah, like like you said, like I mean, 
even for a romance movie, the director put in a lot of like really good imaging and yeah, like, imagery, yeah, imagery during a couple scenes and like the writing was, was actually pretty w- w- for a romance. The movie, writing it was really is really well written romance movie. I was movie. very well. I guess I was. I guess I wasn't like super surprised because Lawrence Kasdan is a decent writer. Yeah, you know, if you write Empire Strikes Back, you gotta at least have some monochrome of talent. <laughs> and, uh, and Raiders of the Lost Ark. And Raiders of the Lost Ark, yeah. Two of my, some of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's not much more to say. Like, yeah, uh, I think we've sort of exhausted it. <laughs> yeah, but it was an enjoyable movie, and I want after showing Lee like a couple movies that were purposely. Kind of, you're kind of torturing me. A little bit. Not, torturing, not torturing, but I really but wanted to like test you a little bit, you like show you a, some you real a strong sappy reaction. romance, some real stupid yeah. comedy, and that one was just like I really wanted to see that movie, watch that movie again, <laughs> and, <laughs> and it, I thought your reaction would be hilarious, which it was. Because <laughs> yeah, was like, that movie was weird and confusing. Yeah, and you were just like, "What's happening the whole time?" <laughs> <laughs> this one, at least you could, you knew it was happening. I was like, "Ah." Oh, it's a movie. It's, it's a, a real mo- movie. It's ha- he's showing me a real movie finally. <laughs> Yay! Um, on that note of real movies, uh, uh, what are you showing us next week, Lee? What will we be well, watching for next week? Um, again, I'm going with something uh, a little different. I'm not going back to the the character uh, dramas right away. This time, I'm going with a comedy. I think we need. A little bit of silliness from me, I think. No message, yeah. no super violence. No. I mean, it's a, the movie I'm picking, I think, is very clever, very well written, um, and ex- and just one of the funniest movies, I think, that's ever been made. It's Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Which is uh, a movie I've heard about, and I've seen a couple, scene, a couple of the famous scenes on compilations on YouTube but I have never seen it which is kind of surprising. Yeah. Because it's a really famous it's an extremely like, famous movie. Classic. Uh but it's you one like of, it's one of my favorite comedies. Probably top 5 for me. I fought uh, in your general direction. Everybody knows that. Um but there's just so many other like clever gags in that movie and Yeah, I'm excited it, to see it. It needs I need some silliness right now. I think we all do. <laughs> Um, yeah. Especially after this serious movie, The Bad Guy. So sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so watch out for that next week, everybody. Um, we hope you enjoyed the podcast this week. Uh, leave, Please leave us a like and a comment, and please share the podcast. Everything helps us get the name, get us out, get our uh, name out there. Um, exposure. <laughs> yep, exposure. You can find the podcast on it's not the worst movie ever dot podbean dot com or go to Apple Podcasts and look up it's not the worst movie ever, um, and look for, look out for us. We'll be on Spotify soon, probably Ooh, this week. Like Joe Rogan, yes, and we'll make an affi- We'll let you know for sure next during an episode when we're actually up there. But keep an eye out on our Instagram because you'll we'll probably post it there too to let you know. Um, it's, uh, find us on, it's not the worst movie ever pod on Instagram and it's not the worst movie ever on uh TikTok. Um, mm. on our Instagram, you'll find both our personal Instagrams also, uh, um, follow us on both of those for more movie content and just other kind of content. I post a lot of food bullshit. 
uh, and you'll just owls. see <laughs> you'll see stories of me uh, walking my dog. Yeah, in the morning and owls. You'll see and stories owls. of <laughs> mac and cheese for me and pickles. Uh, <laughs> but uh, a little shameless plug: please follow my dog's Instagram at uh, the underscore desert underscore star, and her TikTok Desert Star Two for daily content on both those things and daily content on the TikTok for the Insta uh, for the podcast on TikTok. Also follow us. And it's not the worst movie ever, Pod. Mm. Um, yeah, we we get that social media game, y'all. You know, we we get it down. Killing the game. And one day I'll find out a better way of saying it all. But until then, you'll have to deal with <laughs> my day. rambling. Uh, <laughs> but I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. I think uh, I think it was a good one. Wakanda forever. Yes, Wakanda forever.